and welcome to this week in Metropolis. Yeah, King P here. And Stelio7. And welcome to another episode of This Week in Metropolis. Um, exciting episode today. So we have another special guest, which is Waza from Eat With Waza. And someone who I've known for, again, what, 20? 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But haven't, haven't seen since Celebration Europe, where we was just discussing, which was um, in the UK. So a little while. Tell us about yourself. So, yeah, I have an Instagram page called It Was A. I um, studied culinary arts in America when I was living in America for, what, 10, 15 years in the 80s and 90s. Came back to the UK. So I'm really into my cooking, but also I'm a bit of a geek as well. So I love my Star Wars, love my Lego, but also love my sports as well. I love my NFL, my baseball, uh, my, and my, of course, Arsenal football team. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Sorry See, I'm not that. a football fan, but James is man you supporter. Well, yeah, we'd we'd have to we'd probably have to set up another show just to talk about football, <laughs> wouldn't we, Warren? But, um... but I love I love I love I love all things geeky, football related, sports related, uh, and even the American sports. But I do love my cooking. I do love my that's what we're doing a lot in lockdown, been doing a lot mm. of cooking for people. Yeah, and, and look and looking at your um Instagram page, um some of the dishes that you you either I'm assuming they're all the ones that you've cooked, or are they ones sometimes that you go out and have as well? So some of the, some of the, what I posted of where I go out to eat or yep. where what I've cooked at home. Mm. So when I'm out to eat, um, I record videos and take pictures. So when I went up to the city with Kerry for her 10, 10 year anniversary, went out to uh, several restaurants, amazing food and service. Would highly recommend them. Or I just cook at home for the family. Mm-hmm. Really, like to, yesterday, I, booked, I baked uh, three cakes. And did dinner as well. Only three. Only three. Yeah, <laughs> only three. And Kerry took him into work at ASOS, so um, having them there. They're, they're the best fed office in the world. I yeah, think, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I've been doing, really cooking loads. Um, and have, have, have you got a particular favourite dish, Warren? No, no. I don't want to sound, sound big-headed but, or arrogant, but I can do anything. It's just about understanding the method and the ingredients. It's mm-hmm. not if I have anything cooked anything favorite but i can do anything it's just what i've learned from people that taught me in the past and just watching the tv chefs you know mm-hmm. those are people that you learn from people are master yeah. chef professionals and the people that enter master chef as well um is that no, something you'd like to do do you think yeah Double so my, my sister my sister works for the bbc oh. and she's um she's she's put a word in so we'll see we'll see but it's going into that unknown, isn't it, with mm. with John Tyrone and the other guy thinking, what are you going to cook? Oh, my lookalike. Your lookalike, yeah. yeah. Your lookalike, yeah. Greg Wallace. What, yeah. Ma- this side, side business. It's just, it's just thinking. But yeah, that'd be, that'd be a nicely got master chef. Mm. But we'll see. We'll see. Another question, actually, that I saw crop up on Instagram another day from, a, from another podcast was, um, what is your favourite dish in regards to a starter a main or a dessert have you got a preference to because i know mine would probably be dessert um i've got a proper sweet tooth so every single one of them actually sweet tooth but um have you got a preference to a particular 
type of dish I what so in... yeah when I was um when I worked in the states I worked at a restaurant called the Milton Inn and we had this start it was a, a marinated barbecue shrimp mm. and they're grilled on an open flame or on a bed of um spinach but the sauce was a blanc sauce it's posted on my Instagram. You can view it there. And it's just amazing. The flavors from the shrimp, the lemon, the blanc sauce. When I first made that sauce with the chefs in America, it was a quite a funny story. It's that I um, made the blanc sauce, but unknowingly, for some reason, I put it in the fridge where it wasn't meant to go, and it split. But that's probably, probably the best thing for a starter. Dessert-wise, there's lots you can choose from. There's one dessert I had in London called a bomb. And basically, it's a chocolate ball inside it is ice cream and they pour hot caramel sauce on top of it and it melts mm-hmm. and it opens it up so that's on my instagram as well but there's lots, lots, there's lots to choose from when i went to um kerry and i ate at dinner in the mandarin hotel and it's run by heston blumenthal mm-hmm. um, and they make ice cream at your table with liquid nitrogen <laughs> at your table with a mixer that's mad and they have the, the ice cream uh, ingredients in the bowl and they're pouring liquid nitrogen into the bowl and that's on my Instagram as well. So, so loads of recipes and dishes to choose from, I Does think, it taste when it comes it? to food. Right, when they're making it, because I, I know with Heston, he's all about the sort of process and the, the spectacle of it. When you do it with liquid nitrogen, is there any... Like, can you tell it's been made in a different way or is it still a really good ice cream? I think you can tell it's been made in a different way, the yeah. texture of the ice cream. So if you try to make an ice cream at home in an ice cream maker... It's a slow it's, process, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and watching the people make it on MasterChef, it is a slow process. It's one of the things you've got to start straight away and crack on with everything yeah. else. Because constantly, when you're in the kitchen, you're multitasking. Mm. It's not, yeah. not focusing on one thing. You're, and, and you can't really think when you're in the kitchen. you just got to listen and crack on with it. But yeah, well, liquid nitrogen is a new way. Not really new. It's been used mm. by other chefs, but it's a different way of making ice cream. Is mm. it still good? Uh, would would you uh, you enjoy? I, I enjoyed it when I ate it at dinner at Heston's. It was lovely. Yeah, it was really it was really nice. I mean, it's one of the things you're not going to have again, isn't it? It's like a bucket list food yeah, thing. That's it. It's one of the things like you may see tiramisu on the menu. I've had that before. I'll try something different. Yeah, yeah. But, but when I ate at um, this restaurant on top of Selfridges called San Carlo by Alto, they had this lobster lobster shell. They took all the meat out of it. You had the shell, but in there. There was spaghetti, there was lobster, there was chili. It was amazing. That's on my Instagram as well. So some lovely dishes you can see from different mm. chefs that you see out there in different restaurants. Who do you think, and we, we sort of mentioned this question beforehand, in terms of all, all the different chefs that have been on TV, who do you think your your favourite, would you say? Well, well, there was one, but I won't mention his name, but he's off the list. So there's only one, there's, there's seven chefs. That have them. <laughs> seven I want to know who this is now. Just, um... I really, I did really like Jamie Oliver, but he's gone right. down. He, the way he managed the business and lost all the restaurants. Right. Yeah. And then there's, only, there's, there's one number one chef, and that's Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. He's the best. What do you like about him? What's his um, thing? How he comes across. Yeah. When I, when Aggressive. I, when I was, you have to be though, because if you, if your if your name's on, if you're cooking a, if you've made a dish and it's on your name, and someone's making mm. it on your behalf and you mess it up, you're going to get it. Mm. You're going to get it. And Gordon's Gordon's the best. He's the best. Gordon Ramsay. You got uh, Rick Stein. Yeah. You got Michelle Rouge, who's the uh, one of the presenters on uh, yeah. Master Chef The Professionals. I like him. Mm-hmm. You've got um, 
Marcus Waring, he's got Michelin star. You've got Heston, he's got three Michelin stars at the Fat Duck in Bray. Yeah. And that's £400. Yeah. You've got Paul Ainsworth, who's got a restaurant in Padster, right next door to um, Rick Steins. And that's one Michelin star. But Gordon, Gordon's the best. He's, he makes £60 million a year. His you net know what? Is, he's, his, he's, his net he's good. Million. He's good TV as well. You were watching him. Yeah. Not only is he, as a chef, his standards are so yeah. high, but also to watch him on TV and to mm-hmm. see how he manages and how he's he... He's entertaining, isn't he? His persona, yeah. yeah. And you and people forget he started off his career as a footballer, professional footballer he was, until he um, had a really bad injury. You drive into Vegas and all you see is Gordon. He's got 35 yeah. restaurants worldwide. Eight of them are in America. And one of them's in my old hometown of Baltimore, down in the city. So you've got to think, he's got uh, one, three Michelin stars in London on his first restaurant, and he owns the Savoy Grill in mm-hmm. Savoy. Too. So, yeah, he's a, he's a ledge. I love him. He's mm. brilliant. Is there anything particular about his food, would, would you say, that sort of inspired you? Is there anything you've taken from him in that sense? I've done a lot of his dishes, and I think it's diverse. Yeah. And it's not... I mean, you've got Jamie, five ingredients, seven ingredients. But with Gordon, it's just a bit more class. Mm. And, and some of them are just... I mean, I'm doing a dish in three weeks' time for my family. It's a lamb rump with um, grilled asparagus and a uh, fondant, fondant potatoes. And then for dessert, I'm doing a dish that I did at the Milton Inn in Baltimore, which is the almond twill. I'm going to attempt to make mango ice cream. Let's see how that goes down. But no, Gordon is the perfection. He's the best. But then, like I said, the other chef, Marcus Waring, Michelle Rouge, Paul Wainsworth, Monica Galetti, who also is on the Mon- Mon- the professionals, are, are great chefs. Mm. Yeah. James, who would you say if you got a... Well, I, on my list, I did actually have Jamie Oliver and Gordon Ramsay. I mean, Jamie yeah. Oliver, I, I probably, f- from a chef side, watching him over the years on these different shows that he's done, and, and the same with Gordon, um, I think they're both different in their own ways. Gordon, yeah. just because of that kind of aggressive side that I mentioned before, I think it comes across funny as well but at the same time you you understand that they're the standards that he sets with with jamie i think there's more of a family sort of exactly cooking show that you see and having a a young family myself it's kind of what inspiration can you take from there Uh, anyone can do it i think with jamie Mm. oliver that was always his thing anyone can do it yeah i've got all jamie i've got all jamie's i've got all of jamie's books and yeah all all of his dishes a lot of them are are family oriented which is good Mm. um I have I have used a lot of Jamie's dishes in the past, but as a chef perspective, I think Gordon is like he's flawless. He's yeah. awesome, and, and, and he, like you said, he's good. T- he's good TV as well. Yeah, exactly. Hey, and uh, for, for for comedy value as well, one to mention, I think Gino DeCampo is pretty good. Yeah, I, I like watching him on when he, when he's on this morning. I've, I've, I mean, mainly because of his language. You know, the the English not being his first language, I think is hilarious. But um, but as as a chef as well, the way he talks about food, he's very passionate yeah, about, it. and I think that's. Right. When you see someone who's passionate about that sort of thing, um, then you know what they're doing is is going to come. You know, you can you can kind of experience what it tastes like just by seeing the the people on the show that are eating it. The program yeah, exactly. with him, um, Gordon Ramsay, and Fred, what's his face? Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, yeah. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah. They're doing that again. Um, they 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 were drinking limoncello in um in in Vegas, and I've never tried limoncello before. 
Ronaldo and Kuma brought a bottle of limoncello. Oh, it's good stuff. <laughs> try it. Lemoncello is good. I've stuff. had lemoncello, yeah. Mm, it's it good stuff. How about you, Matt? What's your what's your favourite? Um, I would say a guy who who I absolutely love and sadly isn't with us anymore is Anthony Bourdain. Um, if you know who I mean by that, he's he started his career as a chef, um, but then sort of focused more on programs about food, like travelling around the world, visiting different restaurants. But he, his focus was always um, less of the fancy side of it, more of just you know good food of these little restaurants all around the world he used to pro- he did programs called um I think the layover he'd go for a city to a city for like 24 hours or whatever and experience the culture and the and the food of that and and uh, just loved his attitude of uh, probably similar in a way to jane oliver that you know, food's an everyday thing everyone should be able to enjoy it and you know that that whole uh, attitude which is brilliant he's Programs are on um, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I really recommend checking them out if you haven't. Uh, he's such a very, very cool presenter. He's a bit rock and roll in the way he presented things as well. You'd always see him absolutely drunk at a bar, you know, to, and, and so on, just enjoying the, the nightlife and meeting his friends and, and so on. Yeah. Another chef that, um, that, was, that, that I met and I saw and I also ate at his restaurant was Gary Rhodes. Right. Mm. He sadly he sadly passed away. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I ate at his restaurant in two thousand and ten yeah. where I proposed to Kerry in Tower forty two. Yeah. And his food was amazing too. So he he's he's he was a great chef as well. I think a lot of other chefs of today always mention him as, as an inspiration to them. I I remember watching him on Ready Steady Cook mm. back yeah. when when I was younger. Remember his um, hair. Yeah, he had the spikes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he was a fantastic chef, and and I think an inspiration, as I said, to a lot of the chefs that we see today. Right. Yeah. So, staying with the food theme, but um, taking it in a slightly different direction, um, we we've been having a little chat and sort of putting it out there. And what would your and this is open? I won't be able to James first. What would your favourite character or food related character? So like a mascot like a mascot yeah someone who's associated with with the brand or, or with a particular item of food you've got to think though i have a lot of years on you too haven't i <laughs> not so that many more, i've got that many on him maybe that less on me <laughs> so well you've got so many of the true brands you've got mm. you've got hamburger you've got grimace you've got colonel sanders kool-aid jug remember Lucky the, charms. The, the the Kool-Aid jug is funny because I always associate it with um, an episode of Family Guy where um, he bursts through the wall in a court or yeah. something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it, it's just so funny. But I don't know. I, have, I wouldn't necessarily say I've got a favourite, but um, the ones that I tend to think of are ones that are associated with cereals and things like that. Yeah. So A lot of them are, a lot of them are cereals, but then you've got the Pillsbury Doughboy. Do you remember him? Yeah. You can yeah. buy, buy some dough, make some croissants. Yeah. You've got Gid- Gidget. Remember Gidget and the dog from Taco oh. Bell commercials? Oh. So you, you probably were exposed to more in the American ones. In, in America, yeah. yeah. Been being in America. yeah. The Fruit Loops, the tongue, the tongue, the toucan Tukun. bird. Yeah. Yeah, Fruit Loops toucan. Yeah. There's so many, all these brands create a character and everyone just loves it. Monster Munch. Yeah. Okay, so the kids at Monster Munch have forgotten. Yeah. So who, who, who would be your favourite one then, Warren? I think 
when I grew up in America, I drank loads of Kool Aid. The Kool Aid jug has you, you one. You literally drank the Kool Aid. Yeah, you just buy packets and mix it with water. Yeah, I've it's, never it's had lovely. it. I've never had it. Um, yeah, as far it's as like, I... it's like it's like um, crystals, different color crystals, different flavor, and you mix yeah. it with water. But the sugar, the sugar content will go through the roof. Yeah. Mm. Was like it that. the key to add as little water as possible just to get like maximum <laughs> power? Triple strength. It was like a, <laughs> a shot. Like a red red ball for kids. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh. How about you, Matt? See, I, I've got two. Um, one that I thought of before, but one that's just come to mind now. Um, the first one was the Weetabix gang, which I don't know whether either of you will remember this because this was in the 80s. No. Um, which basically, Weetabix, these characters, there are five characters um, that were essentially skinheads. So they were in like white t-shirts, braces, bother boots, but Weetabix things. Right. And, and they were, um, I can't remember what the phrase was, was it something about weak cereal? Like they were stamping out titchy cereal or something like that. All other cereals were weak compared to Weetabix and and when it's, when it's like gang of thugs and it's going to smash them. But they used to do, I, I've still got, and I, I couldn't find them before the, this show, I've still got, they used to do all different like promotional stuff. And I've got some cassette tapes, um, which were called um, Top Tracks, Weetabix Top Tracks. And they had like hits of the day on them with the little Weetabix characters like breakdancing and, and that sort of thing. They're really cool. But, but the other one would be, um, for me, MASH. You know, remember the aliens off of MASH? Again, yeah. these, I'm going back years. Like, flaky, the flaky stuff to make Smash, that sorry. Smash, yeah, exactly. So, you, you know what I mean by Smash? I know my right? Smash, yeah, yeah. So, they used to have these aliens, which were basically, like, two metal bowls together, like, puppet things. Um, and, yeah, they'd... Um, be, be talking about, I don't know, taking over the world or, or whatever it was, like with this smash. But yeah. So, my so, so, so my question is, and I'm not saying it would necessarily be the, the options that we've picked from now, but if who would win in a fight? So who would be your go-to if you wanted a character from a food to win a fight for you? I'll go to Warren first. The Kool-Aid jug's massive. <laughs> it's cool I mean, if it's smashing massive. through walls, yeah. it's like he could, could drown people in himself as well. Yeah, Grimace and Hamburglar from the McDonald's. Remember those crew? There's cool. So many people, so many characters. Tony the Tiger. Yeah, Tony the Tiger was got to be one of mine because I just thought he was all friendly. He was he was friendly, yeah. but he's a tiger, and ultimately yeah. cats will turn. Yeah. Um, the other option I had was um, Green Giant. Just smash yeah. you all, yeah. mate. That's it. He's going to dominate. Just crush he? everyone. <laughs> Definitely. Mine, I think, would be um, like an outsider a choice would be you no know, Milky Bar Kid. Just because just he's, really, he's really angry because of the clothes that people have made him wear. <laughs> and he's got a gun. So, you know, he's, he's going to yeah. start messing And we don't stuff. know if that's a real gun or... Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's got a lot of anger inside. So this... In a weird way, food related brings us to our first, uh, well, my first story that I've uh, noticed in the past week. Um, there's a company in Japan that is famous apparently for strange flavoured yogurts. And the, one of the more recent ones they've done is uh, aloe flavoured, which I, I can only assume is aloe vera 
um, flavoured yogurt, which sounds terrible to start with. But mm. what they've de- developed is a tomato flavour yogurt. And to get the flavour right, I don't quite know what the thinking behind this is. To get the flavour right is what they've done is spoke to loads of people that hate tomatoes. Right? And they've, they've reset. They, their theory is if they speak to people that hate something, they'll get a much better understanding of how to make the taste. So they've spoken to a load of people and said, what really don't you like about tomatoes? Is it the texture? Is it the flavour? Is it the, you know, whatever? collated all those results and then developed the flavor based on that but it has uh, apparently real like um, chunks of real tomato in this yogurt oh it, you know, it comes in like a little pot like a, a yogurt would uh, i mean that no, that's, that's i'll pass on that yeah hell, pass on that. isn't it absolute hell i i can't imagine i i never ate tomatoes until like not raw tomatoes i'm talking like in stuff mm. fine um, like cooked tomato, but probably my early twenties. I'd mm. say it was a long while. It was only until my palate started changing that <clears throat> no, no, I would tolerate them. My wife don't eat raw tomatoes. I, I'm I'm really? fine with them. Yeah, it's it's weird. Even now, she she will have a cooked tomato or a tomato sauce or whatever uh, with pasta or whatever, but won't eat a raw tomato. Did you know that if you have a blister on your heel or on your foot, the best thing for it is a tomato. Really? Yeah. If you've got a blister on your heel and your foot, slice a bit of tomato, put it on the blister. <laughs> so all these all these fruit and vegetables collect, have good toxins for our skin. Yeah. Like honey, it, honey's excellent for our skin. Yeah. But tomatoes will heal that heal that blister. Look it up. It'll work. It works. Yeah. You get blister, interesting. Slice that a bit of tomato off, put it on your heel, and it'll soothe the blister. Okay. Should have known that a couple of weeks ago. My wife ran a marathon. So um a blister was like that, or not, oh. by the end of it. So oh. yeah, get some of them uh, beef, beef. What are they? Beef steak yeah, tomatoes beef or whatever they So my, my, I've got a question off the back of this. Is I mean, obviously none of us are keen on that. But if there was another type of flavored yogurt with something in what that you wouldn't want, what would it be? From like an everyday vegetable or something? Ooh. Fish. <laughs> Fish. Oh, my, mine would mine would be mushroom. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably liver. Oh. Vegetable, vegetable grows. There we go. Oh, vegetables wise. Artichokes. Yeah. Yogurt. It's just I weird. Get... I just associate yogurt with fruit. That's the thing. Like a fruit yeah. yogurt. Well, the best yogurt I've tasted so far, um, they do, you can get a Greek honey yogurt. Mm. Right. And, some, and throw some fruit in it. It's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that the Greek yogurt with honey it brings back bad memories for me. I'm not a huge fan of yogurt, but I remember being on holiday and we was Turkey or Greece, something like that, that we went to and um, went drunk a huge amount of vodka, I think it was, the night before. And then, really <laughs> then going, having signed up for a coach trip the following day, I'm stuck on this hot, sweaty coach. And the only thing I'd had for breakfast with this hangover oh. was Greek yogurt and honey. Oof. Worst. Oh. Worst combo. Worst hour of my life being in that coach. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So, yeah, I think anything slightly savoury in yogurt is a weird combination, isn't it? But I guess you have... Um, it's good on pancakes. What, yogurt? Yeah. What sort of pancakes? So... Like, You've been to IHOP in America, haven't you? No, I've not. 
Never. So, so in America, you're international house of pancakes. Yeah. If you go to like uh, Tesco's or Sainsbury's, you can buy these ready-made miniature pancakes or yeah. tall pancakes. There's a restaurant in London. Another guy on Instagram, I think his profile's K and S Eat Here. He went to his restaurant and he had this pancake dish and it has three layers of pancakes. He threw some top with some edible flowers and yogurt. It was incredible. Yeah. But yogurt on the pancakes, just maple syrup. Yeah, I, I think I think that could work, you know, because you know yeah. I don't. Again, it's that sweet element. I think yeah. with a pancake, you're not, it's although they're savoury themselves. You, if you're going to add other stuff to it, aren't you? So, mm. um, I mean, I wouldn't have yogurt on toast. Do you know what I mean? Like, but but with yeah, a pancake, have, I think it could work. You have peanut butter and cheese on toast, don't you? I'm telling you now, it's the best it's thing it. ever. Um, uh, yogurt, yogurt pancakes. I have it all the time now. It's lovely. Mm. I've tried that. So I do. I do like um, American style sort of pancakes. Very oh, nice. Maple syrup, bacon as well. See, yeah. I can't, see, I can't That's do that. Dream. I don't think I yeah. could do bacon with pancake. On a, on a food, well, slightly a food related theme in the fact that it's regarding a fridge and you put food in the fridge, and um, which is close enough a link normally to stories. Um, <laughs> there's a guy in, in the States who uh, put, shared on Instagram in, in the past couple of days. He's got a Samsung fridge, big American style Samsung fridge, and it's got a screen on the side. Um, which I'm guessing is usually intended for browsing the web or, or what or recipes, something like that. But but the actual thing itself, it runs on the Android operating system. So what he's worked out how to do, he's sideloaded the uh, Xbox Game Pass app onto it. So it runs the Xbox Game Pass app, and he demonstrated in in a video that you could play Doom on it because doom is the general sort of benchmark as i can play doom on whatever he loaded up doom he had his xbox controller i'm guessing it's bluetooth and that's how he connected it and was there sitting <laughs> in his kitchen and the xbox on his fridge i mean uh, i've got a few questions here the logistics of it all like surely yeah. it's you know if i'm going to sit down and play on a game i want to be at a desk or i want to be in front of my tv not standing in front of my... I mean, I've got... <laughs> I've, run your fridge. Yeah. I've recently purchased an American-style fridge and a fridge freezer, and I saw them ones with the kind of tablet, touchscreen and all that while I was um, shopping for them. Mine hasn't got that, unfortunately. Um, and and, and I, was think, I was thinking about it then, like, what are, you, what are people using this for? And I think in the description it was like, have pictures that you can play on a loop so when you go to your fridge there's you know like a photo album going through or you can use it to put your shopping list on and things like that which is i mean that's pretty handy um but to to think of the amount of time that i spend in front of my fridge mm. wouldn't warrant having a i mean fair play to the guy no. if he um if he can spend a lot of time i mean maybe that's where i'm going wrong when I'm told to go and cook for the family, I could be down there playing on my game. You must be single. I was sitting in the microphone. He, he must be. He well, must, he must be single. That's it. <laughs> imagine if open the fridge up and just hang out. Yeah. Hang on. Imagine <laughs> if that's the selling point as well, that you've got to sell it to your wife or your partner and you say, I've seen this really good fridge freezer. What's good about it? I can play my Xbox on it. <laughs> the best thing I've seen on a fridge freezer, and this is for real, you can have it done, is hand soloing carbonite. 
Yes, I have seen that. On your that's fridge awesome. freezer, you can have hand solo and carbonite. That's the best thing ever. Yeah. You've seen that, haven't you? That, that's much more exciting, isn't it? Yeah. I've seen that. I'd rather have that. so cool. Yeah. Okay, but people want that. Te- technology in fridge freezers, has, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't know as much about this if I hadn't just bought one, but now there's some now where there's like a viewing door. So there's well, like a door with inside it. a door. So on these, yeah, so you'll have like, you'll be able to see in you open a separate door that's attached to that door to then get stuff in like a small <laughs> bit inside. Like, what's the point? Why don't you just open the door? Exactly. It, <laughs> but, but even better than that, and I've seen these advertised on the telly, which get, and I think this is more for people who do like house shares and things like that. When I was in the shop buying it, there was a separate stand for fridge cams. So they're wire-fire wire cameras that you put inside your fridge. So when people are coming and raiding the yeah. fridge, that would be, like, recorded so you can see if, if any of your food's missing or whatever, or if you've just got someone who's um, always down in your fridge, basically. I mean, <laughs> got kids or whatever, you could spy on. But it's just mad that these – and there was loads of them. The thing. Fridge cam. It's the future. Technology with technology of cooking is just crazy. Like with coffee machines, with ovens, mm. you can get mm. ovens where you can just there'll be a thermometer within the oven that you can put into your joint of meat, whether it's beef yeah. or lamb, and it cook it to the exact temperature you want, whether it's medium rare, medium. I did a um, I did a Gordon Ramsay dish two weeks ago, the beef Wellington. I don't know if you saw it on my Instagram, and you yeah. wrap it. I in think I did say pastry. that. Yeah, wrap it in puff pastry, but you can't feel the meat because you feel the meat you can tell the meat if you, on your palm how it's tall on your palm of your hand right. where you press it's different take different fill points and it the here will be like medium rare yeah. here is more medium but i couldn't tell the temperature so i went on the guideline what gordon was saying oh 40 minutes bring out i pulled it out cut it and it was like medium rare yeah. the middle was medium rare the ends were more medium but in the middle of it, it was medium rare, it was perfect. Very hard to make, but it, and that was the first time I did it. But it was amazing. But if, you, but but yeah. if you'd had that <clears throat> gadget, that would have, but you would have probably could, been able to I tell. Could, I could put it in the, put it into the pastry, into yeah. the meat, and yeah, it would have been to tell what temperature, yeah. what, what, they, what, what meat it would have been, medium, yeah. medium rare. The, the technology's other, crazy. The, that's the thing. I was going to say the other thing now, I'm guessing there's probably apps that you can link up, you know, via, you know, everything's connected now. You know, we've talked about it before, Matt, with like your lighting in your house or your heating or whatever, doorbells now that are all linked up to your phone where you There's can... a meat thermometer you can get on your phone. Yeah. There's a meat thermometer app and you buy the thermometer separately and it's wireless. Mm-hmm. So if your meat's cooking, you can do it wirelessly. The thermometer the thermometer's £99. <laughs> that's solving the problem that isn't there though is it just stick a thermometer in it yeah i think because surely it's more labor intensive you've got to put the thermometer in then you go open up the app then you got to look at the app and you can use on the just... barbecue if you use it on the barbecue as well you can use it yeah. anywhere it's crazy this yeah. is the thing though like technology will always find ways to, to make something better but sometimes yeah. people just like it an old-fashioned way don't they that's the thing like you, there's yeah. still things today where people will go, oh, no, I'd rather have it done how I used to do it, rather than than adapt with technology. Yeah. I'm trying I, to think I, of an example. I can't think of any, but... Me and James have had plenty of conversations about dishwashers. 
and it, it, it sadly <laughs> and we started life but more on the point and my, my wife will back me up on this is she now says to me like sarcastically obviously is that packed okay you know if I, if I filled the dishwasher all right because I'll come along and I'll go I shouldn't have put that bit there you know she come on get, and that's never going to wash with all that stuff in it and I have a, a method I have to you know put it in a certain order and certain things in certain places and yeah there, there is something obsessed about those. There is things, something so. about men, uh, the way that we utilize the space in a dishwasher is certainly different. And I don't want to offend any of our female listeners, but um, it's us. You're doing it wrong. Week, oh. You are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, when the dishwasher, when the dishwasher finishes, I'm like to Kerry, oh, I've got to empty the dishwasher again. I hate doing it. And Kerry's like, oh, I'll do it. I said, okay then. But then, time, but you better time, not time, open the top first. Time goes yeah, by. and get all the drips. Oh. Time goes, time goes by, and the dishwasher's still there. Try to do it now. I'm, t- I'm trying to I time myself to see if I can beat my previous time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate doing it. The three levels: cutlery, cups, glasses, plates. Yeah, mm. I'm very funny about my crockery and my kitchenware. Well, in terms of where it goes, or no, because like... it's good. It's good stuff. Oh, I see. It's good stuff. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Well, maybe the, the one thing that I want to be invented, um, sort of that still hasn't in Back to the Future 2, um, when they have the god, I can't remember what the thing's called now, but basically, the fusion oh, the no, pizza shaker, the pizza maker, yeah, well, it's a rehydrator, isn't it? Yeah, That's it right. comes down from the ceiling, yeah, you get a pizza that big, yeah, and then you put it in, and a few seconds later, it adds all the moisture back into it, yeah. and you've got a full size pizza. I remember, did you yeah. know in Back to the Future? The uh, Pepsi Perfect. Yes. They released them, didn't they, a few years ago? Yeah. And they're going on um they're going on eBay for like empty you can buy an empty bottle or a full bottle. Yeah. It's crazy how food and products in movies or TV. Yeah. How people how people how we jump onto it. Like I think there was an episode in Seinfeld where the junior mint it's a chocolate outside, a mint on the inside. So where the mint, Jerry and Kramer were having one, and it fell into this patient's heart. He's having, oper- he's having an operation, but the junior mint made the guy better. It's crazy, it's crazy how food, how people introduce food into sitcoms, like Friends. Yeah. Je- Je- Joey, you know, loved loved his food, yeah. and in in other in other programs too. It's crazy how different mm. brands and food come into it, really. But even, even you, you've mentioned there, Matt, wasn't it the sneakers in Back to the Future? Mm, the trainers yeah, from that. Didn't you yeah, try and Max, buy some of them, didn't you? Or I did you get buy some? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're just crazy money. Now. Product, product, placement, product yeah. placement in, in <clears throat> films, especially if it's a big film and TV shows well, like you, you mentioned is... You know what? You're saying that. I probably, I'm a huge fan of Nike shoes and, and have done probably solely influenced by Back to the Future 2. Yeah, it's seeing him get them and the jacket and the the, the little case. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's crazy. Okay. The um, who was the rapper? Oh, the English rapper with glasses. What's his name? He brought he brought a pair for forty thousand pounds. Oh, well, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Tiny Temper. Yeah, Tiny Temper. I brought a pair. Mm. Forty thousand. They're, yeah. they're like it's it's like a one off, isn't it? It's a one off. You're not going to wear them. Like my trainers. A few of my trainers I haven't worn because I know that 
like the Star Wars Boba Fett, not the second release, but the first release. I haven't worn them. Mm. And now they're on eBay for like £400. It's weird how trainers, that value goes up. Mm. There's, a, there's a program on, um, on a YouTube called, and a guy has a shop in Brooklyn, and it's called Sneaker Porn. Right. He sold all his sneakers, yeah. and he buys all these rare sneakers to sell to it's other cr- people. Crazy. Designed them too. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I used to, you know, uh, for a time, um, I used to have tons that not, I never wore. And mm. You wore Air sit- Force Ones to your wedding, didn't you? You wore white Air Force Ones at your wedding. No, I you wanted did. to. <laughs> no, you did. No, you did. Did I wear them in the evening? Yeah. Because no, I didn't do the day. You told me. Well, I wanted to, right, this is a true story. I found, because <laughs> I well, for my wedding, I wanted to wear brown. I wore brown suit with, like, a goldy colour tie, and that was the, the colour. I found some Air Max 90s that matched perfect, absolutely spot-on winner colour, and Kerry wouldn't let me wear them. I said, I will buy all the men these trainers. If we, we can all wear these trainers, wouldn't let me have them. I swear you wore some I, trainers I in a swivel suit. I, I wish I'd... No, Some, someone needs of, to dig out a picture. You're thinking of... Remember we had... Because uh, me and Warren used to work at Carfo Warehouse. There was the winter ball at Carfo yes. Warehouse. Yeah. And I wore a white suit. That's with it. A white shirt. <laughs> and That's I had it. white Air Force Ones, which I'd stuck um, sort of diamonds on the swoosh like to make them even more wintry. <laughs> That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. that was it. But uh, for a while, I I had loads of trainers in the cupboard that I never wore, yeah. and and there were some that yeah I, I just wouldn't touch because they were a rare one, and I'd, I'd done, get yeah. to the point where like, I would wear a pair of trainers, come home, clean them, and put them back in the box, and was so obsessed with it. But I just got to the point where I just thought, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah trainers. I've got loads of them. That I don't wear, or I wear once in a blue moon. But yeah. the leg, the ones I get, the Lego ones. I'll just put them in. I put them in a box. I won't wear them because in five, six years' time, they'll they'll just go up in price. Just like just like anything you buy, like anything collectible. Like they're they're, they're Adidas ones, aren't they? Did you yeah, say? the Z eight hundred out. They're beautiful, yeah. and they come in a box. You can even have on the laces at the top of the laces on the, where the toe is. And you can change the colours of the laces. It's pretty cool. The detail that goes into them. But like of anything, trainers or like Lego or any mm. anything related to the movie, is get is going to hold its value. Mm. Definitely, it? definitely. The other thing as well is you never know how much things, unless you start researching everything, you never know how much any of these things actually value for exactly. now. Because I saw an article yesterday on on the BBC which was about Pokemon cards. Mm. Now, I when when I was at school, <clears throat> we used to collect them and trade and swaps and things like that. And there was an article yesterday about some rare of these original cards, which I've probably got tons of in a, in, in the loft or in the garage. And some of them were like selling for 140 well, odd quid. It was That's about right. Logic, wasn't it? Logic, the rapper, bought a Charizard. Was it? Mm. Maybe it's shiny Charizard or whatever. It was, yeah, it was shiny, yeah. Um, for 180 grand, wasn't it? it was What's that program? Like... Um, the program on um, the Paul, is it Porn Stars? Yeah, Rick. I, I, yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah, he's in he Las in, Vegas. He's yeah, a, a porn Vegas. shop. Went, yeah. This guy went into the with an AW, not an OR. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had this like big. This guy had this big record box. He walks up to um, Rick. He goes, "I've got these Pokemon cards," and Rick's like, "What's Pokemon?" And then what's the guy? The other guy called not his son. 
uh, his other guy that works, he came over, he got Pokemon. He wanted to sell the whole box for a million pounds. And he had like, they're all graded, like 100% rare and stuff. Mm. I'm going like, to have to dig them out and start seeing how much I can get for these. It was yeah. like, like, if you look at Lego, there's an article in Telegraph. Um, it said Lego holds its value more than gold. Yeah. And if you look at the, the Millennium Falcon uh, Ultimate Collector Series, not the second one, but the first one yeah. that came out years ago, is valued at three to four grand. Mm. And what uh, people are doing now with the second Millennium Falcon, they're having it as a coffee table. So they have the yeah. table and they do it as a mod. They put the Falcon in there, like the landing right? And it looks awesome. That would look pretty it look, cool. It looks, it looks absolutely amazing. Have a, you come in and that's like the centerpiece of your living room. Yeah. Mm. So with a lot of the Lego, I, so I, I think having kids um, who are both very much into Lego, it just got to a point where like, I had the, um, well, um, the Back to the Future DeLorean. Yeah, I got that. So I bought two of them. Did and you? I, I kept one in, in in sort of storage, and then sort of made the other one. And then in the end, my oldest really liked it. I'm like, yeah, just have it. And it went in with the stuff. The Millennium Falcon, not the original, not that one, but I had the Millennium Falcon. And again, in the end, it just gets filtered into their Lego and the um, big Big Bang Theory house. I had that, and yeah. again, you know, it and. All just gets I, mixed together. It just gets mixed up because oh. I, I just think in the end, sounds like mixing Play-Doh. I'll, I'll have it, I'll, but I'll have it on display or whatever, and then I'll think, you know, and the boys are really enjoying it. I think no, it just needs to be played with. Just, just have it. And, yeah. and it all, all the plays with her, all, all has got Lego. It's like Lego friends, yeah. and she plays with that. But the only friends, the only set she plays with of mine is the Lego friends. Yeah, the majority. I've got like a hundred over a hundred boxes of Lego in the lot, yeah. and I'll say about thirty percent of them. Have been opened, yeah, and the others haven't. Um, and it's just like I said, finding the space, and also if you mm-hmm. open it, it's yes, it's meant to be played, but some people like to collect it because it holds it resale yeah, value, exactly. yeah. driving price. And you've got to think, like, <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's weird that these toys are an investment, mm-hmm. and it's this funny thing. I think once you start getting into it, like going back to what you said, James, in terms of. <clears throat> knowing whether it'll hold a value or whatever when you start getting into it you get this instinct as to right well that's you know that's rare because that's a scene from a particular film and that's that's never come out or that's a certain subject matter or um that you could only get at that particular place and there are so many different factors that will add up that's right we'll we'll, sort of even i mean that that's a collectible item but even things like you see now with the xbox and um the playstation the new the new consoles coming out people are pre-ordering them and already listing them on oh, ebay for bad. like silly money and people will buy them yeah i, think I have not <laughs> i i'm not a fan of it when it's st- i think uh, and, and shoes in at that point now where when it stops normal people from getting them i think that's a real shame yeah. Everyone needs a chance to to get this stuff. That's um, like, that's on the Adidas website trying to get the uh, Adidas Star Wars Boba Fett trainers. Yeah, uh, all all the people were selling that on eBay, one fifty, one sixty, even two hundred. Crazy. Yeah, exactly. yeah. it prices people out, which uh, I think is a real shame. Everyone should be able to enjoy. I agree. This sort of stuff. Um. Um. Well, been an absolute pleasure. 
um, the, the, this episode. We went off on a bit of a cha- tangent at the end. Yeah, we did. Do. But uh, that's all good. That, that's um, what, what the show's all about. Um, well, thank you, Warren, for, for coming on. Is there any sort of uh, thing you want to say at, at the end in, in terms of? Great if you can follow my page. I'm always posting food and cakes and going out to restaurants. I'm going out to the next Thursday. I'm at Shoreditch House in London for dinner for my sister's birthday. And then on the day after that, I'm on the Saturday, the 24th, I'm at a restaurant called The Dog and Gun in Chelmsford. Right. It's like Sheesh, but a bit tied down a bit. So it's a great <laughs> restaurant in Chelmsford called Dog and Gun. And then Shoreditch House should be intense next uh, next Thursday. So we're posting pictures on there of all the food and videos. It'd be great if you follow my page, Eat With Waza. Yeah. Just DM me. Um, and we will put all the links um, in the, the description of the videos um, on YouTube. And, and certainly, to the, I know I've retweeted some of your stuff or re- reposted some of your stuff. So we can, we'll continue Fantastic. doing that. So, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, and uh, and same for us, really. If, um, if you want to follow us, then follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and don't forget to follow our YouTube channel as well. Um, which is This Week in Metropolis, or you can find for our short videos, Twin Bites. So make sure you check that out. Subscribe as well. The more uh, followers and subscribers we get, um, and uh, that, yeah, it's great. It shows us that we're uh, doing something good. Yeah, definitely. So uh, thank you for listening slash watching, and goodbye.